welcome to Writers Talking, the podcast where we take writers and readers behind the scenes, sharing the stories within the stories. No scripts, no filters, and no holds barred as we talk about what really happens for writers as they write, edit, publish, and promote their work. Hi, I'm Anjanette Fennell, agent, editor, and writerly mentor who's worked with hundreds of writers to break through their creative challenges to uncover the stories they feel compelled to share. Now, let's get talking. Ivy Niao was born and raised in Malaysia. She holds an MA in writing from Middlesex University, where she won the 2005 Middlesex University Literary Press Prize out of almost 1,500 entrants worldwide. Her debut, Cry of the Flying Rhino, 2017, was awarded the International Proverse Prize in Hong Kong. Her novels include Heart of Glass, 2018, Overboard in 2020, and White Crane Strikes in 2022. She's the commissioning editor of the Asian Anthology New Writing Series, The American Boyfriend, coming from Penguin, Southeast Asia, 2023, was long-listed for the Avon Mushins Entertainment Prize for Commercial Fiction Writers of Color in 2022. She lives in London. We've had this brilliant (laughs) pre-chat before the recording started. You are such a fascinating woman who is also a writer. And this really comes into play for anyone who is really paying attention during the bio you, your latest book, The American Boyfriend, is a really interesting mix with a woman who's not dissimilar to yourself in that she's sort of a very, I don't know, motivated single mother who's a go-getter who finds herself in a very fish-out-of-water scenario. And you had more twists and turns and unexpected revelations in this one book that absolutely blew my mind. And it made me think, first, I have to hear from you. What is your process like, especially writing thrillers? This isn't even your first thriller. Uh, how do you, I think writing thrillers, I, I've always read thrillers. Okay. So I, I grew up reading a lot of mysteries and uh, classic crime. So I... I I read uh, Elmer Leonard. I read uh, Nancy Drew mysteries, yes. and I've always found that uh, stories have to turn. Stories have to turn to make us, you know, fascinated to know what makes the characters do what they do. And I've always been fascinated by the dark side of uh, humanity. Yeah. I feel that that's what drives the story. Like, yeah. uh, what are going to do that? And I think that pe- people do surprise us. Even in real life, I feel that I'm yeah. inspired by real life, obviously. People surprise us. And uh, we, we, are, we always, you know, we expect people to do certain things, but that's not how it works out for us. Yes. And, and, and everybody that we know realizes this too. Yes, yes. Even people where we think we've got them figured out, and it could be after years, you, you were saying that, and it made me realize that, and it's a very female thing. I don't know why it's female heavy, but true crime as an example. Oh, and yes. so like yep. you, I mm. grew up reading classic mysteries as well, like mm. Agatha Christie, definitely started with Nancy Drew. Yeah. And then it's it's about that fascination. Number one, the fascination with the dark side of humanity Mm -hmm. or how Mm -hmm. people tick. And I heard somebody 
say recently who has a true crime podcast. She is a former FBI agent and all of that stuff. And she says one of the reasons, especially women are really fascinated and it doesn't say anything bad about you. If these are the sorts of books you like, or these are the sorts of Mm -hmm. stories you like to tell, but because women are generally the victims of of some of these crimes. So mm-hmm. a lot of what we just were trying to understand what is happening <laughs> in real life, but and and what is that? Uh, I guess that measure that's just beyond that goes into fiction. But you would know this too. Mm. Fiction is based on truth. We're not totally yeah, making yeah. anything. It's actually up. an extension of truth. Yes, because most of it is true, but it's also false. So yes. I, you know, I find that really fascinating. And because we find reality in fiction, and I, I think it applies especially so to women. When yeah. we read about characters, we identify with them. And because we are emotionally attached as well to stories, I think that makes a difference. We're not interested in like the technicalities. I mean, we are, but we want to know why we are affected by it, why we are feeling these things. And that's what makes us complete a story, you know, start and complete a story. Yeah. Well, okay. So tell me, not necessarily about the American boyfriend, but any of your stories, where do those ideas come from? that sort of inspire you to sit down and do you plot it all out? Do you know all the twists and turns at the beginning or do you give yourself your own surprises as you're writing? I probably know uh, the ending roughly. I, I love I love to start uh, plotting because I'm from a visual background. So I tend to like to see uh, the diagrams or the sketches of what I'm going to be um, working out. And, and it's fun. It's like a puzzle for me. So I can work it out during like lunch or whatever, you know, whenever I'm on the go. I try to work the whole sort of storyboarding idea out, just like, uh, like making a movie before I start... Uh, to to write the story uh, and I think that helps me a lot because I started from way back uh, when I I used to I I think they call it um, pantsing writing yes. from the seat of your pants yeah and uh, and I I kind of wasted a lot of time I felt that it okay it it made me write a lot more but yes. I felt that it wasn't achieving uh, what I wanted to which was a uh, you know a strong sense of structure yeah and uh, and a narrative yeah well mm. it is harder I think to one of the hardest genres to pants mm. would mm. be something like that. It's not impossible. So as you said, what you're really doing is you're switching where your time is spent, mm. right? You're working out at least those main plot points. At the beginning, I love hearing you say, and anyone who's listened for a while or has been in my my aura for a while knows that mm-hmm. I believe in sort of a planting, right? A, a, between plotting Oh, plants. I love that. I love the planting idea. Yes. <laughs> Because you still, as the writer, as the creative, you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't want to have a bit of fun. So Mm -hmm. it leaves you enough room to be surprised by the characters, but you have enough plot where you're not just going to find yourself out on an island Mm. at some point with your characters. So you're actually reverse engineering. You sort of know where you want to end. And this is really good, especially if you're taking inspiration from something you saw on the news or Mm. a story somebody said, and you, you think, where could they go or where would they end up? And then you Mm. reverse engineer that arc Mm. with anything that is like most stories, as you said, have an aspect of discovery that could be like a mystery. But of course, if you're writing really in the genre, there are more twists and turns. Mm. And that's tough to do in a linear fashion from a writer's perspective. So having it written down a little bit, reverse engineer, Mm. if you don't do it at the beginning, you're going to have to do it in the edit. You know, yeah. 
And as yeah, you yeah. experience, you write a lot of words and I suspect you would have gotten rid of a lot of words yeah. in edit because you were like, oh, I, we never ended up going there. So we don't even need any of that. Is that the case when you were pantsing? Yeah, I think that I, I went in the wrong direction. The, the yeah. problem with pantsing is going in the wrong direction because you haven't got a clear aim. And I, I, I find that it's, it's just, I think it's more efficient if you're trying to achieve something. But yeah. I'm not totally against pantsing because I think that you can actually use it for brainstorming. So yes. for example, if you don't want to know where you want to end up, you want to know, uh, you know, five different outcomes, for example, then I think that pantsing does help, uh, especially with like, uh, you know, um, with characters which are actually not well developed, then pantsing does work because then you can use those like uh, time-wasting efforts to yeah. uh, bring about uh, a different side of the character, which you may may or may not use, but but you knew that anyway. You you knew that you you know you may not use all of the um, writing that you're you're doing. Um, whereas with plotting, I you don't have to do that. Because you'd have to start off with well-developed characters. So yes. it's a no-win situation. You're not, both <laughs> ways are hard. You yes. have to weigh up which will work for you. Yes. Yeah, I especially think that, you know, it's a lot, in a lot of the cases, we think we know so much, you know. But yes. sometimes our characters are going to surprise us and in, in a good way. We're going to think, yes. wow, they did, they want to do that? Oh, okay. Well, I never thought that they're going to do that. And then, and then I think that that's, that's real creative writing. That's when you're creating, you made characters develop and do their own thing. Yes. Yes. And they're surprising you. They're surprising you. So I, love I, I feel that they should be, le- you should let them, if they want to do that, then yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and it's true that doing some plotting isn't robbing you of those moments of yeah. sort of even serendipity, like two characters running into each other, or other people. And again, if you're mm. not a creative and you're not a writer, you're not yeah. listening to this podcast. But yeah. <laughs> number one, number two, maybe you yeah. don't understand. And this is why I often tell writers that I've worked with, it's not a quote unquote crazy. There are no m- mental health issues in hearing characters' voices. It is part of, as you said, that character development. Mm. It can take place. Some of it can take place before you start the bulk of the writing on the manuscript. But yeah. it's not necessarily wasted because mm. you need that development. You need to know more about them than you will actually put in a manuscript or a book eventually. And that's exactly right. So it's so funny too, writers at the beginning, and maybe you can speak to this too, because by the way, yeah, your latest novel is your sixth novel, which is no mean feat, but it's like your 11th book. And then you also have more anthologies. So you've got like a short story collection, you've got nonfiction books. You write. How long have you been writing? Maybe that. How long have you been writing in in long form book book form? I was really curious about that. As I think, as an adult writer, um, not that long. I would probably say uh, I don't know, ten to fifteen years, which I think is a short time because in the first five years, you're just messing about. You're just you are really messing about. You don't even know if you're writing. So Mm. I think that it it doesn't really count. So uh, I only got serious when I. Uh, started doing my my master's program, my MA in writing, um, which was 15 years ago. So I decided to um, commit to writing, and it was a part time course. So I was still working and doing it, but I wanted to do I wanted to do something that was um, not only creative, but also would give me an insight into the kind of books that you know that's coming out now, like 
you know, contemporary fiction. So I found that that, that really helped me for a year. And um, I, I wrote one novel then and another uh, following that first novel. So those were my uh, first two. Uh, and it's also it was also a chance for me to write the long form, like novels. Mm. Before I did the Masters, I only wrote short stories because that's that's all I could I, I could do. I, I It's not because I didn't want to write novels. Mm. I, I felt that my world existed in like one to three characters over a few thousand words, right. beginning, middle, end. I felt that was very concise and very compact. But then I was, re- I was really ready for like, you know, a more complicated and more committed uh, journey. Because I wanted yeah. to a journey that could take me to a, a, a you know a lot of places, a really far away places and different worlds, yeah. which I found was constricting. Like in a short story, you couldn't do that. Like I wouldn't be going to Florida, Key West. I, I wouldn't be <laughs> doing, living this whole other life. I wanted to because you know that's fiction. Like to me, when I'm reading, I want to get into another world for a long time. Yes, you know Ireland or you know whatever Australia. You know you yes, want to live yes. in that world that is fictitious for a long time because that's the whole pleasure of reading. So writing has always been a part of reading for me. Yes. Yeah. Well, we say like re- what is some of the, the best sort of training you can do mm. as a writer and it's as reading. a writer. Reading, yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Look, courses, MA, MFA, workshops, yeah. seminars, they can all be good, but you can also choose. Yes, I love this one felt really valuable to me. It really helped me develop my sense of dialogue or this one did that. But ultimately, mm. if you aren't well read, I believe you're going to struggle because yeah. most re- writers start as readers and they mm. dive deep. I love that to that move from short story to long form mm. and the sort of recognition in yourself, you illustrated whether consciously or not that for some, and I would say for most, it's actually a move from a personal space of comfort, right? So say mm. we're learning to swim. First, mm. you start off in the shallow end, yeah, gaining your confidence. But if we're honest, the, the reason we're staying there isn't because it's so much better in the shallow end all the time. Yeah, it's it's because we have a fear that we can't get all the way there, right? Yeah. Like I can't get it's all so the true. way to the yeah. deep end mm-hmm. and to the other side. And that feels very scary. Mm. So I'll just stay here because I know what to do. And I'm raising my hand as somebody I approach most life like that, like most humans do. However, Mm. It sounds like for you, even getting that MA really helped you gain the confidence to go where you really wanted to, which is short stories are fun. And sometimes the only space that we have to dive into, right? Mm. Maybe we don't have the time and wherewithal to go somewhere deep. Because to me, that's the only difference. We had another writer on who talked about that her book was actually Mm. conceived from a short story. Oh, okay. Yeah. So transitioning it from short story to long form would, I don't know if that's harder. Maybe. What do you think? Is that going to be harder for you? I I love that your analogy of it. Yeah. Your your analogy of the pool. I think it'll be harder because it's like saying, now you know how to swim in a pool, but let's put you in the sea. You should be able to swim in an open sea. Why can't you swim in an open sea? You have the skills, right? You've done it. And I feel that's the kind of the analogy is the same, but it's not the same. You're going to use the same skills, but it's going to be much bigger. 
uh, there's going to be tides, there's going to yeah. be uh, climate, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, we're going to worry about the creatures. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's going to be predators, you know. Yes, so yes. Uh, yeah, so I, I I find that that's the, that's the kind of thing that we're going to take our skills with us wherever yeah. we are. Now that we can swim, we we probably would we will try. We'll give it a go. But it's going to be a different environment, like totally. Like I feel like doing a, writing a novel was a completely different environment. Yeah. It will probably need a you know other things like as I said the planning. Like you know you you have to figure out uh, how long you're doing this for and all. It's the same as like you're swimming in the sea. How long are you going to be doing Doing it for like can yeah. uh, do you have the stamina do you care <laughs> if you don't care why are you do it you know why who, yes. who cares right yes. so you have to 100%. Really yes yeah and you have to really care like you have to if you don't give a damn no one will Whereas right. in a short story, you know, it's only going to be a short time, like maybe a couple of days, you know, a short story is not going to take up this kind of massive uh, brain investment, a mental mm-hmm. thing, emotional, something that you want to give and yeah. and really feel for and hu- it hurts to do it. So you've yeah. got to, it's something that you're going to be putting yourself into your time, your energy, everything. Your everything into so there's there are different there's there's good and bad of both obviously yeah, yeah. I love uh, I love how honest uh, you are about how uh, and I and I guess because for those who are again at at the beginning stages mm. are still lost in um, and struggling maybe with their ideas about what it's actually like and there's not to say that you won't hear from highly successful authors who don't share. And maybe mm. they don't actually experience. I don't know. I still think they're the anomaly. They're like the supermodels of the world. They're like a 0.2%. The usual writer struggles. Mm-hmm. You don't write. It's hard. It's hard. It's easy. Mm. You write because you have to. And you just talked about that before. And earlier you used use the word mm. commitment. There mm. is a commitment needed. And just in the alchemy of story, what you were saying too, if you don't care, no one, no one will care. So, but don't expect the care to look like ease. The care Mm. just looks like I've got to keep going because I'm, I'm really curious or I'm really attached to the characters and, and their transformative arc or whatever it is. There could be multiple things, but if you don't have that care, your reader's not going to care. Why would they care? Right. Long form, like Mm. you said, isn't just going to take, you know, Mm. uh, an hour to read for someone. It's going to take days and or months, depending on how, how long they can read. And we want that feeling of being with the characters for a long time. You got Mm. to do some stuff too with your character. And this is Mm. sort of reflective of all of those twists and turns. Like I said, Mm. especially in any genre, like thriller, suspense, full out mystery. Mm. Yeah. Or if there's crime and seeing the development of people. So not just taking them at face value and as a reader, of your work going along, taking what you've given us, trying to read some of the subtleties. We're right along with your main character in this one is named Phoebe. And anyone who knows me, mm-hmm. that's my daughter. So I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. the name. I love the name. I yeah. just love the name. <laughs> yeah. She's very, like I said, she's independent and she's sassy. You don't, even though you've, you've led us on this way, she's in this um, sort of excited place at the beginning where it's like all these possibilities. Life is really changing for the better. 
yes, there's some struggle, but there's all of these possibilities. And then as you journey along, you think, oh, it's all coming apart and nothing is working, which is a a standard thing that we see in story, which is perfect Mm. because that's sometimes what it feels like in our lives. Like we think, stop hitting me with those waves universe. I'm, you know, I'm down, I'm down, leave me alone. Yeah. So she just keeps getting hit with these things. Challenge, challenge, challenge. Where she ends up to to speak to your point about that story arc and knowing and then reverse engineering is not in the middle of the story. You're mm. like, there's no way that's where she's going to end up. Like, I didn't see that one coming sort of thing. And I thought, It's beautiful Mm. because just tying back to what you'd said originally, it's interesting how fiction is simply an extension or maybe an alternative expression. Alternative is a good word, yeah. Of truth, right? There are all of these options. You could have done that process that you talked about where it's sort of like semi-pantsing. Let me just write out a few final (laughs) scenes to see which is like a choose your own adventure uh, sort of thing. She could end up here. She could end up here. And it's only when you've written them out and seen what they look like. It's a very Joan Didion. And I don't know how I feel about something until I write it sort of experience, but making that choice. Ah, that's where she ends up. And therefore, like a puzzle, if that, then this happens, or this Mm. is the arc of this person. And you have these arcs. So maybe explain that to me too. Do you, is that part of the exploratory processes? Then you've reverse engineered a bit and you're writing it through. Do you know, or are you doing this development for all of the supporting cast Mm. as you're going through an edit? Like, how do you work that out? And I say, I have got all these questions because like I said, I am a fan of mysteries and thrillers. Mm-hmm. I am always oh, so am I. Yeah. breadcrumbing. And that's mm. what I call it. That yeah, you yeah. got to the end of the story. And then no matter how beautifully you've done, you've got to go back to the beginning again and make mm. sure that you've left the right breadcrumbs. That Okay. You- so yeah, that's that's just more than one draft, which is normal. Like any any yeah. writer would write more than one draft. So I would write the first draft without any choices. I don't make like a three, you know, three options and stuff. I mean, it's not like making a cappuccino. Do you want it with <laughs> the sprinkles? No sprinkles. I mean, it's not like that. It, I feel like you should serve the meal fully made, like beautiful with the cappuccino, yeah. whatever you think that is right. So it's like a it's like a designer point of view. A designer always comes up with an option that will work. This this works, it looks fine, it's great. What do you think of it? So then you become like like your own client. You nice. look at the design that you produce and think, okay, this is the only option that you got. What do you think of it? Like which is what's bad? What's good about it? Yeah. And then I, I feel that that will help you with further drafts and I think with the further drafts you're exactly right about the breadcrumbs then we go back we piece in the other yeah. characters viewpoints we you know we fix up all those holes yeah like who said what at 3 3 p.m and why like did did was that and is the Starbucks really there on that corner is that did what time was it when you know who went who said what yeah. and and I think that's a classic mystery thing like in in mysteries I mean we both grew up reading Nancy Drew so we kind of know that like Time, place, we've got to get that right. Yes, yes. You know, what were they wearing? Was this, was it the same jacket with, that they were wearing? Was it raining? So all those details, I find that that's not really important. Less like the saying, the whole, the whole meal. You've prepared the whole meal, but if one thing, like you left out the pepper or whatever, yes. it's like just add the pepper. So, so what? <laughs> the, you know, 
the meal was pretty good, right? Without yeah, you know, without the additions, this. Oh just needs this, and that's it. Like it feels like you know that's like a complete thing. I feel like I'm assembling a thing, and I guess that is creative writing. It's it's like building a house. It's like making a meal. It's something creative. You're creating something. So mm-hmm. obviously, it will have this, 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 and it'll have the nice things and the weak bits. We have to you know amp them up a bit. We have to fix things. It's not. It doesn't come perfectly made. It's not. It's not a spreadsheet. It's not. A, you know, yeah. a, a, a annual report. It, yes. It, it, where you kind of know it's either finished or not finished. It doesn't have to look good or whatever. You know, it doesn't have to have an artistic bent, which I, I feel that it really does. Like with writing, with art, uh, with yeah. a film, yeah. it, it has to still have its uh, style. And that's your style. Like, you know, if if, this, if, if it's you, then it's Ange's style or yeah. it's Ivy's style. It's got to have that 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 feeling that you made it just like a meal. I I made this meal. It won't it won't be the same meal that you made because yes. that will have my touch. So you yes. will have your touch, and I think that's something very special. And um, I can't really quite define it, but you will know it at the end. Like like exactly like when you serve a meal to everybody to the to the family or whatever, you will know it that you made it because you will have your touch. I, I don't know yes. what it is. What I, even if it's a boring, the worst, like the most boring lasagna or whatever, but it will still have your thing. And I, I, I love yeah. that about writing. You know, yeah. that's something that you can put in. Yes. It's not yeah. funny. It's it's true. It, just as an example, when you say that, and I I will often say, you know, give five writers the same concepts and, and figures in a story and you'll get five yeah. different stories, right? It's not going to be the same. But as an example, and especially with kids, it's like you said lasagna, but yeah. Oh, I just, we're I, in that's Australia, a bad example. Australia yeah, yeah. so you would hear spag bol, spaghetti spag bol. bolognese. Yeah. Everyone's got yeah. I have a way I make it. Yeah. This is uh, we like your spag bol, or it is. Yeah. It's so and fantastic. It's, it's just it's just different, and uh, they know if I've messed with my own recipe because I was listening yeah. to someone else's advice. And what I've learned from that is stop it. Don't do that. <laughs> if it's mm. good, make well or you leave well enough alone and just keep going. But having that unique piece that sometimes, as you'd said too, is an indefinable quality, right? Mm. I, I feel yeah. that. You could mm. you could know it, but sometimes there's just and again a very Australian thing, the castle, the vibe of it. Did you ever watch that movie, The Castle, when you were in Australia? No, I didn't watch it. No. Oh my god, I haven't watched Highly it. Highly recommend yeah. it. At the very least, it'll give you. That's really good. okay. PTSD I'm definitely about, yeah. about some of your time in Australia, but the vibe of it is mm. now in in the iconic culture as a as a phrase from mm. that movie but it's true there's just something mm. sometimes that people can't quite put their finger on and they'll say ah oh, this is an ivy story now mm. i see now i see she's the one that made this yeah you, too, you have such a visual manner and you talk a lot about graphics is that your background before you did the ma in writing like it's i i'm very visual I'm just curious. How did oh, yes, I, I thought so. Yeah, cool? when I when I listened to your podcast, I visualized the imagery that you you come up with and the the ideas that you talk about are very visual. So mm. I kind of like I'm leaning towards that kind of podcast and those kind of shows. Mm. Uh, before I I mean I've always been and I'm still I'm still an architect and interior designer. Mm. I actually uh, trained in Australia in our 
architecture. So oh, I've wow. always seen like styles, right? Like yes. I, if I see, if I watch a Hitchcock movie, I will know it's Hitchcock. Why? And I kind of try to define what, why is it that he does this and yes. the characters that he likes to to uh, to develop the characters the settings so yeah. i think these movies really teach us in me- movies yeah. teach us stories okay and how they work because yeah. obviously all of the world together the characters the you know the settings the plot all of them will have to work together uh and it's not flat it's it's very it's visual it's 3d so it, yeah. it, and and very rich so it's something that it really teaches us uh, show, don't tell. Yes. Well, and I found that too. I want to go back and read one of your earlier books that I caught a a few reviews and I'm like, wow. And it would have (laughs) been your award-winning novel. And now the title escapes me at the moment, but it was set in, it was, it was in Asia and it was the, uh, and the, yeah. yeah, and the character, the main character really gets into, he makes a, a bad decision <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. And then there is yeah. like a series of, of, we'll just call that unfortunate events for mm-hmm. him, but he's not acting outside. It's sort of like we all experience. If you do this one thing, mm. it does not happen in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. What are the What are the ripples that go out into everything else? And what was happening before you even got there? like that character yeah anyway, I, I love you're... the idea that you bring that up because you know a lot of readers would uh, criticize that like because you when you move a plot on the characters always have to do something wrong otherwise there's no story isn't there if the yes. character is always perfect good rich handsome boring. who cares yeah they're <laughs> yeah. boring yeah so the readers always say oh why do they do something stupid I thought they're good I'm gonna be uh, you know I'm gonna be uh, supporting a character who's always doing the right thing and who, who always makes the right decisions but you see how do you know how do you know that's the right decision how do you yes. know that for your character because the whole point is they're under conflict would what would you do if you're under conflict if you're a single mother or yeah. if you're really drunk how yeah. do you know what decisions you have made yes. so i think that kind of viewpoint opens up uh, a reader's mind because yeah. they don't know that you know yeah. nobody's perfect that the whole point is that the characters even the best characters the ones you love most the most positive the strongest characters they're going to make some mistake and that's how yeah. a story uh, a story is made yeah well and it sort of gives us permission too i think even though i'm i'm with you like it doesn't save me from feeling stressed or frustrated and yeah. it's because we get stressed and frustrated with ourselves right? yes that's right like oh my god you did that why would you do that? You know, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. ask ourselves that question too. Yes. We also do, you know, stuff like that, right? Yes. That we hate ourselves for. Yes. And it's fun for me because I'm like that in watching other <laughs> people's stories and working yes. it and working mm. some of it out. It's why reading certain stories can be so therapeutic and cathartic because we're getting to explore these things that maybe sometimes we can't look them straight on mm. with ourselves, yeah. but we see a mm. character go through it. And I'm a sucker for, I'll say a, like a happy ending. I don't mean tied yeah. up with a bow and very mm-hmm. Hollywood and happily ever after dot, dot, dot. But I do mean where with you there. we learned something. Right? A satisfying or, ending is what I call right, it. A satisfying just, ending. Right. You need Which to have the whole yeah. story, right? The whole story. If yeah. You, if you end too early, i.e. Yeah. before the completion of act three, then you haven't got it. And what we need is we, the character has learned something 
and they've they've transformed in one way right and that's what i love is this inherent permission for us Mm. not to have figured everything out not to have developed all in all the ways and now we're perfect which doesn't exist but that we've learned something we've we've triumphed over one particular angle in our life that wasn't quite working and we managed to make our way out of it. Yeah. Where and and you've got that. I think the other thing is you'd said too, and because you're very visual and come from this background as an architect, I think it's amazing and perfect that then you'd call out someone like Hitchcock. Mm. You've got someone who's got these very <laughs> Again, iconic movies. The leading woman is always like this. It's visually Mm. very striking. You've got striking visuals in yours as well. Even architecturally, you've chosen. Oh, uh, thank you. Yes. That is very unique. And again, you've got same sameness everywhere, but Mm. in that particular area, it Mm. brings to mind these certain palm trees and maybe a a very glamorous, sometimes almost seventies aesthetic. You've got low lying buildings rather than all tall skyscrapers. You know, you Mm. didn't set it primarily in New York or yeah. 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 In in, in in a big city, in a city. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I love the fact that it, and every place can be made like really special because I think that you have to bring out the place. The place yes. itself is is a character. It's is a silent main character. The yes. place itself can create these um like images. Like like even if we watch um Scorsese films, yes. David Lynch, the place is everything. Yes. yes. Yeah. It, it creates the creepiness. I think that the, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> creepiness. Yeah. So yes. right, especially in those yeah. places. So as somebody who does that, and I because I grew up in Southern California and Dean Kuntz sets oh, a lot Dean Kuntz. of yeah, yeah. stories in Southern yeah. California where everyone thinks of Baywatch mm. and mm. sunshine yeah, and, yeah. and lollipops and obviously not. But then his stories take this darker turn. And that's what I was so appreciative of. It was creepy in a place that you weren't expecting creepy, right? We don't. Yeah, expect- it's all sunny. It's sunny yes. and creepy. Yeah, and, and yours storms. is yeah. the same. So on that when do you get the idea of that setting? So like in The American Boyfriend, you're taking her out of London, but you know, her partner is from New York. You could have said it all these, but when did you decide this is where she's, she's not going to just go visit him where he's from either. That's not quite right. We have to, we Mm. have to put her even more off balance, but sell her Mm. (laughs) the perfect holiday or like, you know, the, the terminology in the U US would like mm. vacate, yeah. like this, the vacay home. Yeah. Vacay the vacay home. home. Like when, yeah. when did you decide for this? That was where she was going to be. That was a hundred percent creepy. That fit. Yeah. That's the setting. I, I, I think that uh, I, I, I have been to uh, Key West myself uh, and I thought it, First of all, the uh, the climate was very similar to Malaysia. So oh. I was kind of familiar with the whole storm. It was like very sudden, like suddenly there's storms and suddenly it's like boiling hot. So yes. like extreme all the time, right? And also I, I wanted her to escape somewhere where it was, it, it, ha- it had a, a feeling of isolation. 
because she yeah. thought she's escaping like the city, like the grim, dark and wet <laughs> London. She thought London. this is escaping it. Yeah, anybody who's been to London <laughs> will know that is what you uh, you know expect and yeah. you want to escape it at the same time. So she wants to go somewhere where it's, where it's sunny, but it's isolated because she thinks that she's escaping a city. But what she didn't realize was it was going to be very isolated. It's yeah. going to be stormy. And uh, and the, the motto is where the weird go pro. <laughs> that's the motto in <laughs> that's the bumper yeah. sticker yeah. so uh, and it's where people go to like uh, what's the word for it what's the slang for it where, not venture out but like it's where people oh. go to like break free to be to right. be free of like uh, the urban and our societal expectations to, that's to do the part thing. too yeah to, to do, do your thing. the right yeah. thing yeah. or is so here you can go and people expect almost the unexpected I don't want to be weighed yeah. down by society yeah, I don't want to be yeah I don't want to conform to be to yes. be non-conformist and yes. I think that the equivalent in Australia is actually Byron Bay that's yes. where you go to not conform to do your own thing to be hippie to do whatever you want to yeah. do drugs to go mad so yes yeah so well I think that they've kinda... had to move now that so much so much of Hollywood has come over I think it's gotten oh. a little bit more mainstream and this is just <laughs> it's funny ah, uh, it's funny it's yeah Actually, you go oh. a little bit inland, and I think they've kept their mm. their non-conformist state. Ah, right. Sure. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. That is a place yeah. that you think, yeah, that's what they're doing there. Yeah. Saying, we will not fit into your boxes. Yeah. That's right. So it's a place where you, I guess it would be like a culture shock. Yeah. So for her, it was like a culture shock because she was like encountering guns for the first time in a supermarket. She was, <laughs> she was encountering like these sort of like, uh, you know, neighbors. She was encountering like weirdness, like the yard guy, you know, yes. would invite you because they're they're super friendly and yeah. you know for real they're probably really friendly yeah. and um so this is this is the kind of thing that can put your main character uh you know in a state of unease and that's why they are motivated to do whatever they do because yeah obviously they have to keep going and and survive in this weird environment so yeah and and so that you know that kind of like propels the narrative yeah. because if, if everybody was exactly as what you thought in London, then there's no narrative because then yeah. they are exactly the same. And, yeah. and and we know that like, you know, through travel and stuff, that people are, they are more similar than they're not, but they you're going to ha- have, you know, local stuff that you don't know about. Yes. Uh, if I went to, the, yeah, if I went to America, I'd, I'd be, you know, out of places. I, I've been to Vegas and that was very weird. Ooh, and, yeah, I have to agree with you. <laughs> yeah. It is very oh, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, my God. But I did. I lived in Henderson. And I don't know why. I don't like gambling. Every place. And so I was just having this conversation. Every place on the planet has its sense. So we're not even just talking about setting in terms of, but I love the way that you described Key West as well. It's very tropical and stormy. It's Mm. like you don't know what to expect at any given moment. But even underneath that, and I feel like this is where I start to sound a bit woo-woo, but every person has something underneath. Yeah, some local voodoo. A little personality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, And Las Vegas has, like, to me, an absence of it. It's very strange. It's like there's all this stuff on the top. On the surface yeah. level, but because it's sort of, <laughs> it sounds so horrible and I hate to offend anybody who loves a place like that. And there are many lovely people who live there, but it to me is soulless. It doesn't, I don't feel a beating heart beneath. 
Oh, wow. it's only the people on top. Whereas everywhere else I've been, yeah, London, you know, again, <laughs> yeah. having lived in London, in Italy, oh. all throughout Australia, different places in the U.S., you feel this sort of different thing. And in Las yeah. Vegas, felt nothing. But anyway, <laughs> that's, me. that's me. But you're right. It is. It makes it rich. Not only visually yeah. when yeah. you're writing, but you match or rather mismatch mm. where you're going to put your character in this place of unease. Like what is going to lead, like you said, not only is the setting another character, but like yeah. all the characters that are in mm quote unquote, support of the main character. When I say support, yeah. I mean, they move them along their transformative arc. It is, they're not yeah. there to support them and do nothing or only help them. They're there <laughs> to make sure they get to yeah. that transformation. And the place is one of those. What place will most put her off balance? Because yeah. I, I love this too, because her motivation is multi-layered, like we all have a multi-layered motivation, but her motivation is escape from the mm. dreariness and the, you know, gray sort of tissues because you're blowing your nose when you first go over to London and there's all this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's very gray. Yeah. She's escaping, but it's sort of like, where are you escaping to? You don't just get to lay down and nothing happens. And you could have chosen somewhere else. You could have chosen Las Vegas, but in mm. terms of going back to that analogy about cooking a meal, you could have made yeah. it an Ivy sort of meal, but it would have been a different meal. Yeah, so that's right. I, yeah, I, I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I'm really glad. And I wanted you to read it because when I first heard your post, I thought, you know what? She's a totally international person and she will get it. Uh, whatever it is, she'll get it. <laughs> whatever it is, I'm <laughs> Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, you know, some people, you when you read a book, you think, I don't get it. Like, well, I don't know why, you know, who cares? Why is this character in, in this in this situation and stuff? And But I feel that a lot of our motivations are because of the situation we're in. We go into a cold office that's very brightly lit and it's our first time and we're having a job interview. You know, of course, we are going to feel out of place. It's going to yes. be a weird experience. How does the character react to that? So I, I, you know, I love to put people in situations where the characters have to act out, yes. you know, according to their their exact environment, and that's the not their normal environment. They're not at home in their flat in in Balham or whatever in in London. They're yeah. somewhere else, and she's in a situation where she really wants to please this guy that she's met online. So yeah. this guy is taking precedence, and she feels that everything she does has to be subservient to him and yet she has to protect the the kid the the daughter yes. all the time so that's where the the conflict is she's torn she wants to please this new guy who is, seems to be like the perfect american the american dream so she yeah. wants to please him and, yeah. and that's what makes it hard because each day she's going through what she's going through is because of him uh that that that, that comes up to me because we've all been in this situation before we hate doing something but we have to do it because of somebody you know we care yeah. about yeah or yeah. suppressing certain things and not being like oh i better just yeah. make it through i better do this yeah and her yeah. constantly trying to balance her level of frustration and not understanding why he's not, you know, this apparent he's American not a, a, dream. 
the American dream. Yeah. Coming and, <laughs> and helping like everything you sold me yeah. isn't happening like I wanted it to. Look, Ivy, honestly, we'll have to have you back on because it's an absolute oh my God, joy yeah. talking Time to somebody has who is... I know. I think I can talk to you forever, like for yeah. a long time. <laughs> yes, we get it. Yeah. We get uh, that. Well, and wanting to dive into these pieces of story. And this is why we have the podcast as well, to talk to uh-huh. writers in all different places around the world, but in all different places as part of their own journey through writing and getting Mm. to express those things that sometimes too, you might write something and you think, did they get it? And here's the truth, because there are this number of of people on the planet too, some people won't get it. And well done you for recognizing that I would get it. (laughs) So to, to get me to read it, because I so appreciated number one, going back to a genre I love, but also a new voice to me that I hadn't Mm. heard before. And somebody who sort of, if you were playing guitar, which I I can't actually play guitar, but I always think of it as plucking strings. A writer is strings on a guitar to make a certain sound that's that's resonant. And I Mm. appreciate going into these new places and hearing a new note. And that's what you absolutely delivered. So now I got to go. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so honored to be uh, on your podcast. I I, I absolutely love it. And you have great stories. Your guests are all interesting and international. And I think it totally speaks to me. It I feel that it's my tribe. I, I feel that, you know, people are, like your, your, your audience will understand the whole thing about displacement cultural displacement you're displaced you're 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 in australia one of the most isolated you know countries (laughs) generally yeah but it's true i'm like yeah just a 14 15 hour flight yeah no biggie yeah that's like the closest unless you're coming from asia if you're coming from asia slightly less but it's still it's, it's eight hours, eight, eight or island. nine hours from Asia, I think. But still, isn't it? And that's the short flight. That's that's short. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. We're yeah, here. yeah. I appreciate that it is reaching people, not only obviously readers who we love, but also yeah. other writers like writers. You yeah, there. We will. I will have to have you back on because what we didn't get to dive into today. <sighs> I'm so excited. Yeah, part into, two. The yes, sequel. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Would would be about the way that you're balancing a promotion on that promo tour. Oh, it's really, I yeah. think that we really need to start to demystify mm. some of this for yeah. both writers and readers. Maybe I, some readers come into very life. valid point. I find that that's so valid because it's something that is like quite quite vague because none of us have a degree in marketing. We don't know what we we don't know either about yes. you know. Yeah, this whole in we don't know about the industry. We only know yeah. how to write, and even then, we're not very you know we're not very very confident or 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 comfortable with the whole idea of it. And yes. yet, we have to do this whole promotion, marketing, and publicity thing. Yeah. And uh, I've learned so much from it, especially after doing the Southeast Asian tour. Yeah. And I would love to share with uh you know oh your audience gosh. how to, how to plan a tour, like you know how to how to Ooh. think of a theme or, or yes. you know, how to bring yourself into it, so that this is what. Uh, the audience are interested in, right? Yeah. So oh my I, goodness! I think that that was so interesting. Let's do that. Okay, yeah. I'm going to send the link. We'll have you back. We'll have you back on for part two, <laughs> the promotional tour. Yeah. Uh, oh part. My God. But thank you yeah. so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Ange. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Writers Talking. 
Join us next time for more Writers in Conversation as we delve into the writer's process, their passions, and a little bit about their books. Don't forget to subscribe on your fave podcast player and follow us on Instagram at writers underscore talking underscore podcast.